Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's a Wednesday on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours, talking sports with you. Glad you can spend uh, at least some of that uh, period of time with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, uh, we are going to start at the bottom of the hour with Ben Visser, who covers Iowa State and was at the uh, press conference yesterday. Yesterday, uh, Matt Campbell's press conference, Ben Visser from the Cedar Rapids Gazette will join us for, I think that's the first time we've spoken with him uh, since fall camp has gotten underway and as we approach Saturday. Ben Visser on Iowa State at the bottom of the hour. Well, if you like sports betting, you're going to love 1045 on Wednesday and Thursday because in those two slots, we've got two really good handicappers. Kenny White uh, is with us on Wednesday. He will be here today. He's got a handful of games he wants to look at. Getting ahead of ourselves, but tomorrow Lee Sterling uh, rejoins the program, and Lee will be with us uh, throughout the entire football season. And he, likewise, is a 1045-ish, but on Thursday. So today, Ben Visser and Kenny White in hour number one. Hour number two. It's Wednesday. We start with David Kaplan, our friend from Chicago, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors David Kaplan's appearance, and Cappy will join us to kick off hour number two. And then to finish up the guest list in the second hour of the program we are going to do Hawks John Bowenkamp was at Kirk Ferentz's press conference as well as a number of the players uh, that preceded that yesterday so John Bowenkamp who write, wrote rather the story uh, the AP story um, on yesterday's um, doings will join us at 11.30. So that's the lineup today. We're going to play the hits with Iowa State and Iowa. little sports wagering sprinkled in, as well as a trip to Chicago to catch up with the Gap Man. How are you? I'm doing great. A uh, little disappointed last night, 5.40, getting ready for Cardinals Reds. Yeah, wasn't that, that me too. Likewise. Doubleheader, though, coming up today, so that will start right after we finish up. So that'll be a little afternoon listening, bouncing around, and... Away we go with baseball. College football begins again tonight. I, okay. All right. UAB. Yeah. I know you're excited about this game. You no. must have an opinion. Nah. I don't really have one, but I'll probably play it. Well, it's, look, it's college football, and mm-hmm. um, uh, it really gets going tomorrow. Yes. You know, because you got football Thursday and Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. and Sunday and Monday, and then you take Tuesday, Wednesday off, and then rinse and repeat Thursday, the NFL, Friday, Saturday, dot, 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 right through till February. As we said yesterday, this is autopilot time for this program for the next four or five months. Um, I just love it. Just absolutely ensconced in a roll around in football. Just just glorious, is it not? So I come in today. You're talking to our uh, one of our directors of sales, Scott Knock, mm-hmm. and you guys are talking football and talking wagering, and the conversation shifts to the Hawkeyes. Yeah, okay, I know where you're going. So yesterday, of course, Iowa had their media day, their uh-huh. press conference, their weekly press conference, uh-huh. and again, uh-huh. the glowing rave reviews for the quarterback. Can I read the quote? Spencer Petras. What do you got for us? How is, Pete's, how is Spencer, and where is he from this point last year to now? Coach Ferentz, it's a night and day comparison. Good enough for me. 
That's all you need because they said the exact same things last year. Going into the season. Well, he didn't say night and day because there was no day to compare to. But as prepared as they've had, Uh he was handed the job. Everything was positive about Petrus. Yep. I know you're not on board. (laughs) Here's what puts me over to the top. As I've said, uh, going back, what was it, three weeks ago, three Saturdays ago, uh, Kids Day, the day the media got to be there. I know there's a number of media fans that. Our media well, fans, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> Freudian slip um, that are going to write glowingly, but to a media person, male, female, new to the beat, long in the tooth on the beat, they all came away with the same impression that he was the star of the day, and so I put that in the back of my mind, and then when I see what Coach Ferentz said yesterday, um, last year he went into the season cold, no spring ball, no camp. And with the night and day comparison trend, here's what I'll say. I've um, I've upgraded Iowa in my mind. I thought the Indiana game was going to go the Hoosiers' way because of Spencer Petras. I think I will win that football game. And I'm at the point right now that I wish we could go back with Bama and, and have a redo because why can't Iowa win? If Spencer Petras mm-hmm. is... He's got to be better than half as good, is what they're saying. <laughs> right, yeah. If he's anywhere close to the raves that uh, that we're reading and hearing about him, then this was the question mark to my mind. I get the odd, the defensive line, the depth is an issue. Sure. Back seven is as stout as you're going to find in college football. Um, but if Petrus with the receivers, and I think they're good. We know the tight end's good. We know they can run the football. We know the offensive line can block. If Petrus is... Um, I don't want to say serviceable. You got to be better than that. But what I'm saying is, I now think that I was going to be better than I originally did, based on Spencer Petras and the reports you're hearing. Quarterback 109 from Pro Football Focus in their preseason rankings mm-hmm. of 130. Mm-hmm. A guy that was a throw away from being benched against Illinois. Yep. And now it's all coming together. Right. He has arm talent. There's no doubt. The arm talent is there. He can chuck it anywhere. But when the bullets are flying, when he yeah. walks in week two to Jack Trice Stadium and makes his first road start mm-hmm. with actually fans, fans in the, in the stand, building, yep. what is that guy going to look like? A guy that last year, even when he was playing well, go back to the Wisconsin game and when Amir Smith-Marset did the flip into the end zone yeah. as they were putting that game away, the question was asked to Petrus in the post-game press conference. Uh, what, what did you think of, of him doing the flip into the end zone? He said he didn't see it because <laughs> he was going so crazy, he was freaking out. After he threw a touchdown pass and threw a bullet there. That's a guy that's still mentally, I wonder, if the highs are going to be too high, the lows are going to do, go too low. The clapping after a bad pass and an incompletion, it just, it drove me nuts last year. You make a bet, yep, clap. No. There's something about him that I can't wrap my arms around. You're going around. to come out in here after the Penn State game wearing a Spencer, a Spencer Petrus jersey <laughs> on Monday. I'm not a jersey guy. <laughs> Uh, you might make an exception because I think he's going to change your mind. No, I don't think you're going to make an exception. But look, at, uh, I, I hope I'm right <laughs> because this is this is the big concern to me. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And I wasn't sure that Iowa had a quarterback. I thought that this could be as bad as a 7-5 and five football team because of their quarterback, right? Now I can't go there. Now I've... Um, I'm going to, I'm, until proven otherwise, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be, I'm going to take the positive, mm-hmm. right? Seashells and balloons. Maybe I'm getting a little soft in my old age, but I'm going to take the positive side of all of this and walk into the Hawkeye season thinking they've got a quarterback and they've got a chance at a really good season. The other part. Because I didn't. 
you mentioned was the offensive line. And I'm still in wait-and-see mode with that offensive line. Because of line. the youth? Youth is a big part yeah. of it. Leonard Baum's going to be a stud. Right. And he's going to help out who's on either side of him. He is that good, that mm-hmm. he, his importance to the offensive line. But you look out wide. Looked like it was going to be Mason Rich in mm-hmm. Richmond. Now it's Jack Plum starting at left tackle. Yeah, Back-to-back years, they've lost guys at, at, at the tackle position that are on now. Jackson made the Rams. Yes, he did. I right? saw that. Made and Tristan Wirfs is going to make every you know, postseason. He's going to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he could. I mean, that one year's crazy to think about, but look what he did last year. You got Nick DeYoung, a walk-on on the other tackle spot. Uh-huh. Now, walk-ons on the offensive line, that's not a big deal for Iowa. They developed him well. I still have concerns there. Goodson, that dude is a stud. Yeah. And everything that I've heard about him mm-hmm. this offseason – it has gone to a completely new level. He and went from I, a nice college running back last true. year. He's better than that. He can be a star. Yeah. If that and, offensive and here's line comes the thing, together. Trent. I got to think he's sick and tired about hearing the other running back in the state oh, yeah. talked about all the time. Right. I got to think that he's using that as motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think Tyler Goodson's going to have a terrific year. How about Makai Sargent making an NFL roster? Yeah, another. He looked good in preseason. I was very surprised by that. Saw huh. a couple of highlights and Heflin, part of the 53, not a practice squad. Right. Part yeah. of the 53. With the Green Bay Packers. Not too bad for a couple of was Yes. Seneca was raving about that with us yesterday, about him. Back to Petrus. Okay. Give me baseline numbers for Iowa to ascend past a nice 8-4 and four type of season. To win the Big Ten West. Okay. That's the starting point. That's This is the hump they have to get over. Because they've had teams good enough over those last five-year stretch to mm-hmm. be there. And they have. What was his completion percentage last year? Do you have fifty-seven percent? Well, he's got up that obviously by 62? a big time. No, nah, even I'd go a little bit higher. Okay, I was going mid sixties, 65. All right, so get it up there. Yeah. Last year, touchdown to interception ratio was nine to five. Well, that was in an abbreviated mm-hmm. season, obviously. Mm-hmm. I still like the ratio. Mm-hmm. Are uh, we talking twenty-four and twelve? Twenty-four and eight. Well, that were even better. <laughs> right, right. And then passing yards. If the offensive line is solid, uh-huh. if the running He's, game is as good as it can be, mm-hmm. realistic to anticipate he throws for 2,800 yards in the... Uh, I was going to say just a tad under three. Yeah. So right in that range. Uh-huh. So those are the benchmarks. They yeah. Spencer Petras hits those numbers. I'm with you. Because I do like a lot of this team. Has I Laporta like, got another step? I don't know athletically. Mm-hmm. If he's that guy... He's not TJ Hawkinson. No. He's not Noah Fan. There's no. Those guys are incredible. Right. Rare. Did you see T.J. Hawkinson made somebody's pro? I think it might have been Pro Football Focus overrated. Oh, really? List this year. Now, I know he's hurt last year. He's got to be healthy. Yeah. No fans not healthy, by the way. Oh, he's not. Ah, Jesus, this but, kid's got a chance to be really good too. Yes. After his first year, where he couldn't catch a ball to save his life, he really came on last year. Yeah. Um, anyways, enough about the Broncos. But a lot of tight end talk too. It's Miaman. It's. Uh, Lache, uh, Lache, yeah. Lache, yeah. yeah, and the kid Yelverson, the kid from Texas, that was one of the top tight ends mm-hmm. in the country. They got depth there. They got receiver. Lachey got the gig as the number two. What about a big receiver? That that's kind well, of a missing component it too. Kind of is. Tyrone Tracy's five eleven. Mm-hmm. Keegan Johnson's got some size. Not six two. big. Yeah, six two, six one, six two. So that's probably the guy uh-huh. that you're looking at to be that bigger yep. receiver out there. But you're right. There's so many pieces there that you can point mm. to and get excited about. It's about getting over the hump for me. It's not about being eight and four, even nine and three. It's getting it's representing the West. It's getting to yep. Indianapolis. Yep. That is the breakthrough moment mm-hmm. that this program needs. You look at those lists, you know, best record the last four years. I was in the top eight in the country in victories over the last four seasons, yet haven't made an appearance yeah. in Indianapolis. I know. And that leaves it 
Uh-huh. Pretty hollow to me. No, it's close. It's a, it's it sticks out like a sore thumb. I'm with you. Uh, well, we'll see. But I'm on the Spencer Peaster bandwagon. I'm not leading it yet, but I've you know scraped my knees, jumping onto it. Somebody had to pull me up, and uh, glad to <laughs> give me a little boost up onto the bandwagon. It's filling up, by the way. It is. <laughs> a lot of looking at him over in that corner. There's a whole bunch of Iowa media members over in that corner of it. We'll see how he does. Look at this. This test right out of the shoot, man. This is going to be something because this Indiana team. Look, I don't know if they're this. I don't think they're the second best team in the in the East. I don't. No. But I think that they're going to contend for that. When the, when the dust settles, I don't believe they're going to be second. But you know, are you surprised at the Michigan love? Is it just because it's Michigan? Uh, I'm not surprised by it. No, I guess not surprised is the yeah. right word. But what am I missing? Because seemingly year after year, and they, they haven't done that under Harbaugh. They're not tough. They recruit well. They got dudes. But just think of that offense. What about that offense... Oh, they got it right now. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't see anything there. Who did that, they open up with? Do you remember? Western Michigan and then week two is against Washington. Yeah. Their first Big Ten game is mm-hmm. Rutgers mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. to Ann Arbor. Then they go to Wisconsin, to Nebraska. Yeah, I think Shadow's going to pick off some, some squads this year. They're, they're building. Uh-huh. I think they are, too. I think they got the right guy back again to get that program back. So they um, week two, they get Washington. Well, that's good. I, mm-hmm. I get to see what... Um, Washington is my pick to win the Big 12. Uh, Big 12. Pac-12. You're, you're on the Washington I side. I think so. Just maybe contrary and everybody's picking them. I got again. Utah. That's a good one. I got Utah. Yeah, that's a good one. What now, What price are they? Do you remember? To win the conference, I think they're like 8-1. to one. To win the South, they're like plus 250. Okay. I think so. is Washington 10-1? to one, I think I, I saw them at. I to think. win? No, no, they can't be that high. They're like 3-1. to one. Are they that low? Yeah. Well, I put them in our media comp picks. I don't remember what I wrote yesterday. Because they were the second pick. Behind, it was Oregon, Oregon Washington, before anybody really. Yeah, and then USC. I want to say that's what it was. Okay. I'll pull it up here regardless. But back to Indiana for a moment. Yeah. Offensive line we talked about for Iowa. Indiana, Tom Allen's going to be bringing guys from everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're going to put pressure on. And we're going to know right away with Spencer Peters. And back to that part of the conversation because there's not a team that's going to sit in a base 4-3, let you pick them apart. Yep. He's going to have to make quick, de- yep. quick decisions. He's going to have to get the ball out. And if he doesn't, you're hearing about that again. It's practice, and he's going against the same guys day after day after day. But he's wearing that red jersey. I know, I know. No contact. Yep. Bullets are flying. But you keep hearing about the the the, um, elevation of his uh, getting the ball out process, making Mm -hmm. decisions. The decision process has been sped up. Dot dot dot. Trent, I can't find anything. I mean, I haven't heard one negative thing about the dude this year. I really haven't. You go back to all the video clips that were out there all summer long, the the work that he's been putting in. Maybe I've been sold a bill of goods. You know, maybe we'll get to week three or week four, and I'll come in with egg on my face and admit I made the wrong decision. We heard it last year. That's yeah, what I, I go back think to. This I don't think to this extent. Right. You're right. Yeah, it was a different level at that point. Not finding the. And were, were they just it. built? Were they just building him up as much as anything because he was replacing? You know, guys started. Up, and by the way, Nate Stanley was released yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not a surprise. No, the designated injury release for the for the Vikings. Um, you think he'll get another gig? At this point, going to be tough. Know. I'm with you. Not a whole lot of film to go on no. either, and that makes it incredible. Well, this difficult. year you don't have any. Right. Yeah. Here's the uh, odds. This is from Bet Rivers. Yeah. Oregon three to one. Washington. Seven to two, no, plus seven to two, right? And then Utah five to one now. Wow, people are jumping on with the Utes along with USC also five to one. Arizona State also five to one to win the Pac twelve. Mm. 
Herm. He's got a quarterback. We know that much. Also got sanctions coming his way. Yeah, right. For um, yeah, bringing all those kids in when they weren't supposed to. Nick Neiman made the Chargers. Oh, he did. Yeah, apparently, I didn't see that. that. Just uh, somebody text me that. <laughs> Man. How about that? A couple of Neimans in the league. Um, Fountain made the Chiefs. Saw that. Good for him. Yes. Uh, Mitch Holtis kind of tipped that off that he was going to be very, very difficult uh, to um, to keep uh, to keep off a roster. So we shall see. By the way, the news of the the blood drive. We had Danielle West on. I know the morning mm-hmm. rush had her on today. They're sold out. Not sold out. That's a, they're full up. That's the best way to put it. Wow. At um, uh, at Principal Park on uh, Tuesday when both the Morning Rush, Will Sean and Heather are out there, and then mm-hmm. we'll follow in at 10 o'clock. Uh, so that's good news. Uh, thank you to the KXNO listeners for um, filling up those slots, taking a lot of those what-color-do-you-bleed slots on Tuesday. And uh, since they are filled up, they are still opening up spots, though. It'll be back at their main offices where you can still donate blood that day. So you can still get involved, still donate and uh, possibly still get one of those T-shirts that come along with it. See, I, the T-shirts were news to me until Heather came in this yeah. morning asking us about them. We'll be wearing them. Will we? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, she just sent me a text. What does it say? Blood Drive will be doing blood draws in the Skybox area, so you will give blood upstairs. Okay. And KXNO will be set up right outside the elevators that take you to the mm-hmm. Skyboxes. Yep. So you walk in the general office to your left is the, you know, that window for the... Well, it's the kind of the administration window. Right. Uh, and then get on the elevator, and that's where we will do our stuff on Tuesday, and the morning rush will precede us. But thank you to the KXNO listeners who have taken all those slots. All right, final thing I want to get to in the first segment of the program. Again, Ben Visser coming up on Iowa State. Uh, he was um, at, at Campbell's press conference yesterday. Gary Barta also spoke to the media yesterday. And... My biggest takeaway from everything that he said, he didn't want to speculate. He said, what did he say? I can't, he can't see into the future, right, which, yeah. you know, is kind of a throwaway line. Um, but the one that wasn't a throwaway line was the fact that they need to play seven games. Mm-hmm. We need seven, I mean, seven home games. Yes. Um, and that kind of was in, in, in response to Cyhawk. Mm-hmm. Because if indeed this alliance does unfold the way we are led to believe that it will, that you're going to play an ACC team, home and away, likewise with a Pac-12 team, you'll have a home and away, um, eight Big Ten games, there's your two alliance games, you only get two, so they need seven home games, and they're only going to have four to begin with. Those other games, uh, one of them will be an alliance game, and he needs those other two to be in his building. He wants them at Kinnick. After 2025, so they will, as um, all the commissioners said when they met the media via Zoom in the alliance unveiling that there's no contract for, which still blows my mind. Right. I mean, good God. Anyways. We um, looked each other in the eye. Right. Though, <laughs> Have they not seen the way college sports has gone with or without a contract? Maybe that's why I don't need one. Yeah. <laughs> because they're made to be broken. I'm going to guess Oklahoma and Texas was also Parts, looking they people part in the part of a contract. Yeah. Yeah, and they were also looking people in the eye and feeling pretty good about things. But back to Barta, did you take it any differently? Yeah, as I've said from the get-go of this, the yearly basis of Iowa State is gone after 2025. I think the flexibility that Iowa is going to need going forward and the way the structure comes together, if the alliance actually comes to fruition, and we see this, and it's on a two-year basis, we're going to schedule these games out. Iowa's going to need the flexibility to have those games, and they cannot be locked in to a home-and-home. Now, that doesn't mean that Iowa State will never be played again. 
Because I don't believe that's the case. I, I still think there's Will opportunities. Will it ever be played again in Ames? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think it's heading that way. If Barton needs seven games, they're not going to expand from a 12-game set schedule, and this alliance stays in place, I don't see how you can, sadly. Right. I don't see how you can. Uh, the other thing, I, I'm worried about what's going to happen at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday. We could be in the – I mean, everything could go perfectly fine, mm-hmm. perfectly smooth. But we could also have a cluster. Oh, yeah. I, I saw the exact same thing that you did. So normally game day operations uh-huh. for Kinnick Stadium, there's over 1,000 people we're that working, are working. Right. They have less than 500. Correct. And they don't have tickets anymore. Right. And you saw what happened at Allegiant Stadium when they had, what it was, it was, a, it was a big event. What did they have? Well, it might have been a Raiders preseason game. Oh, okay. And they've gone cashless. Mm-hmm. And the system was down. You couldn't get a hot dog or a beer or anything. Now, they finally started giving away the grub. Now, you couldn't get any booze. They, could, they were going to give it that away. But you had yeah, yourself the hot dogs. You, know, you need peanuts, take peanuts. So that was something. But this is to localize it on, on um, and, and bring it closer to home. Bondurant High School on Friday night is ticketless. Really? Yes. Crashed. Oh, no. Crashed. Mm. Yes. And that's with a couple thousand people. That's with a couple of thousand people, or 1,500. I mean, I have no idea I'm going to go to that game. It's a 70,000. Right, right. And with 500 people working. And old people like me that like a ticket and are scared to death of showing up at a stadium with something on my phone. You mm-hmm. tell me this is going to get me in yeah. and this is going to work? That's not just you. That's me. That's a lot of people. I had to download Google Play, Pay. For that, because if you're offline, and how many times have I been in Iowa City, mm-hmm. and there's no internet right. on your phone, hundreds. Right. All right, so you got that. So I downloaded Google Pay, and then I took a screenshot of it. And there was also a part of me that I just wanted to print one, just to have in my pocket. And I know right. they won't take it, but just to have it. Say, yes, I, I could get in. Just let me in, please. Yes. And if it gets to that point, oh, and geez. if something goes bad, and something goes right. wrong, I'm going to be happy to have that in my pocket. I don't know if it'll get me in. But if the systems go down, and they very well could, I want to have some kind of backup. Well, that's just it. I mean, they can't do what Allegiance says here. Take a hot dog. Take whatever you need. Um, they just can't open the doors and let anybody walk in. Apparently, it was a Gold Cup final at Allegiance Stadium. John Noble oh, okay. just sent me that text. Yeah. Thank you, John, uh, for uh, the clarification. Um, so we'll see, Trent. It's Look, here's another part of this thing, right? We have tickets to give away. We gave away tickets mm-hmm. to the Indiana game, Fuller Dental tickets. You know how they? I had to send them to them electronically. Right. You and I both work with a guy that has a pretty bad reputation with tickets, right? Absolutely. This is going to come back on the Miller and Condon show if this doesn't work. Well, it's not on us. Well, I get it, but it's going to be. You know know my fear on this, right? Yes, yeah. You sent it to him? I did. He's got him. He's had him since Monday. But what if he doesn't get in? (laughs) The register story on us. I mean, come on. But I'm scared. Here's my ticket right here. And that's, that's, I know. It's it's scary. It's just right. a QR code. Right. So you get in the door. I like technology. I don't like it this much. I don't, I'm, I'm with you. And get you know, in. for season ticket holders, I, I know there's cost involved. Season tickets cost a pretty penny. Yes, you want a ticket. Even if it is, okay, they're going, but I like having those ticket stubs. Precisely. I like looking through them. I like going back and remembering the games. And I got a big bucket with just mm-hmm. tons of them. You should go through it, by the way, because the price of tickets for, for free, my God. And just having that component of it uh-huh. completely taken away. I'm trying to think back. There was a bowl game. 
It wasn't the Rose Bowl, but there was a bowl game that was the same way. We just had, oh, it was the Big Ten Championship game in 2015. And you didn't have tickets for that? We didn't have, they were mobile tickets. And you could send it back into the Indianapolis Bureau, whoever runs you know, the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah. And they'll send you an actual ticket. And now looking back, I forgot to even do that. That's another one. I'd love to have that ticket. I'm with you. I mean, people, I want a ticket in my hand when I'm walking through. That means I'm going to get in. Don't have my phone. Didn't download it properly. (laughs) I messed up somewhere. Look, and and, 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 at least in my case, as I'm assuming in a lot of people's case, there'll be some pilot error, right? This is probably my fault in a uh, a lot of times, but I'm scared to death about this. You get in, then you want a beer and a hot dog. And the cash thing, the, the the concessions is down. We'll see. Let's get rich. Then we're going to talk Iowa State. Ben Visser, Cedar Rapids Gazette will join us. Cappy coming up at 11.05. Uh, what else? Kenny White, tremendous handicapper from Vegas. He passed out to Fresno State first half last week. That was a, you didn't even have to sweat about that one. Hi, Rich. Welcome to the program. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's up? So, yeah, we purchased season tickets this spring, too, and... So the only smartphone I have is one for work, and then my personal phone is a flip phone. So I called the ticket off about two and a half weeks ago, and they mailed me paper tickets. So I do have paper tickets to the game. If you don't have the technology, they will mail you the paper tickets. And that, the, that's good to know. The QR code's on there, so you can they'll just scan it the same way they would on the phone, and you're good to go. Is that right? Yep. So, Rich, is it? Um, they're not like tickets that we used to get, though, right? Yeah, they're paper tickets. They, they are, are actual like tickets. Is there a player yeah. on them, black and gold, that type of no, thing? No, they're just a... Like you've seen in the past, like if you go to Will Call, they're just a plain gotcha. tickets with yeah. everything on it, but yeah. there's no pictures of like Brad Banks or anything. Right. It's just yeah. a, I called up and said, hey, you know, there's going to be games. My wife won't be able to go with me, so what do I do? So she said, oh, we'll just get you some paper tickets in within, I don't know, three or four days. Or well, that's good. Box. That's good know. to know. Rich, thank you for that. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Enjoy the game. Uh, good stuff. Well, I guess there is that option. Uh, although Doc Fuller said the same thing, and he's still waiting on his. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's scared to death, too. That's a little scary. <laughs> he's, he's old. Uh, this uh, from one of our Twitter followers, J.A. Scott, says that appears Iowa State also having issues finding enough workers for their game. This comes from a tweet from Iowa State Athletics. Job openings, best crowd management is searching for professional service-focused service, service focused individuals for guest services. So mm. it's going to be everywhere. Patience, folks. Get to the games early. I mean, they're trying. They want you in the building. Just uh, try and remember that um, it's, as you fight the crowds. Uh, anyways, but you know what? It's a good fight. That means football's here, and we're all grateful for that. It's coming up on 1030. It's actually 1028. Ben Visser will join us next. Uh, we'll talk uh, Iowa State. Uh, recap Matt Campbell's press conference from yesterday. Get Pick his brain a little bit on the depth chart, etc. We haven't had Ben on in a while. Look forward to that. Kenny White off to Vegas. We'll go at 1045. Miller and Condon with you till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0-100. bats off. Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1035, 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon. Let's get Ben Visser in here, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Uh, he covers Iowa State. He joins us. Ben, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm good. My pleasure, guys. I appreciate it. Did you guys have a chance to see Charlie Kohler yesterday? We did not. Chase Allen, Brock Purdy, 
Greg Eisworth and Anthony Johnson were the ones we got yesterday. Are you, are you hearing anything about Ch- uh, about Kohler? In regards to to him, him walking around in a boot, not being able to play this week, <laughs> and right. potentially haven't, longer. We haven't. Um, so TBD and Campbell hasn't said anything. He usually, plays well, he really close <laughs> yeah. to the chest. So, right. Um, yeah, that's going to be one of those things. We're probably going to have to wait till. They take the Saturday field. They to find out for sure. Yep, exactly. Yeah, indeed. All right, so what was, uh, other than that, let's, uh, what was your biggest takeaway from uh, Campbell yesterday when he met the media? Yeah, it was a pretty standard Matt Campbell press conference. He gave updates on various players, J.R. Singleton mm-hmm. uh, making the jump from true freshman last year, redshirting, and then he supplants the incumbent starter um, to being a starter himself. So that, I think, was a pretty big not a big storyline, but an interesting storyline that he was able to do that. Um, and then obviously Matt Campbell is not going to take you and I lightly. That he mm. he reiterated some form of that point many many times. He knows you and I all too well. They handed him his first loss at Iowa State um, two years ago. They go to triple overtime. So um, there's no big breaking takeaways. The Charlie Kolar thing could have been one, but you know that didn't happen. <laughs> right. But um, so other than that, it was just it was pretty standard. You know, one uh, thing that I took away reading through the transcript is his talk about the UNI defense. They returned 11 starters, everybody that started on the defensive side of the football last year. It feels like certainly has Iowa State's attention. It doesn't look like this is going to be a game. Preseason top 10 team, but they're not overlooking UNI. No, not at all. And yeah, um, Matt Campbell did praise UNI's defense. They have um, the returning um, MVC Defensive Player of the Year and their defensive tackles, Jared Brinkman. Um, I think he had something like nine and a half tackles for loss in like seven games last year, which is most defensive tackles get double teamed anyway. So for him to blow up that many plays while getting double teamed and getting that many tackles for loss is incredible. They have a really good cornerback um, in Omar Brown. He's one of those guys where he's not going to make a lot of tackles because he doesn't get the ball thrown his that, that his way that mm-hmm. often. But when the ball does get thrown his way, I mean, I think he had something like five pass breakups and an interception last year again in that seven games or whatever you and I played. So, um, yeah, they have they have pieces to contend with Iowa State, and um, I think that Jared Brinkman he could be Iowa State's offensive line is obviously very good and very veteran, but. Um, Brinkman could be a force in there, and that could disrupt some of the things that they might want to do with Brees Hall, especially early in the game when Brinkman is still really fresh. That could be an interesting dynamic to watch. Yeah, I think uh, like a, like you're going to see a lot of times this year, right? Teams are going to our defend defenses are going to scheme to shut down 28 if that's possible, and I'm not sure that it is. So that puts the onus on Brock Purdy and the uh, and the and the receiving core. Um, is is that what they expect? Is that what um, uh, Tom Manning expects that they're going to have to you know, uh, overcome the fact that defenses are going to uh, scheme, game plan to shut down Brees Hall? For sure, yeah. Uh, you said it exactly right. Teams are going to stop or attempt to stop 28 first, and they're going to let Brock Purdy try to beat him. We all know Brock Purdy, he's obviously a fantastic quarterback. You don't win this many games at Iowa State without being a really good quarterback. But his decision-making at times is iffy. So I think teams are going to bank on the fact that maybe Purdy will give them a gift once or twice a game. Um, I wouldn't bank on that as a opposing defensive coordinator, but I suppose it's better than letting Brees Hall run all over you. So, um, no, I think Brock Purdy is going to have to step up. I think he's going to have to be more of a – in years past, and Brock Purdy has said this, in years past he was 
he felt like he had to do everything for the offense. But with the emergence of Brees Hall, Brock Purdy can slide back more into a game manager type role. Just make the right play. You don't have to make every play. Um, and I think he has the pieces to do it. Obviously, you got one, maybe two, probably two great tight ends. Um, once Charlie Kolar is healthy or if he gets healthy, whatever that whole situation is. So you got two great tight ends, um, which are a game manager's dream. And you have a big ride receiver with Xavier Hutchinson. Um, you got Sean Shaw, Joe Skates on the other side. And then you got Tariq Milton healthy again. So there's plenty of pieces for Brock Purdy to get the ball to if he is, um, if opposing teams do manage to slow Brees Hall down a little bit and Tom Manning has to go more toward the aired out route. Offensive line. This is what Matt Campbell said. The left side isn't nailed down. The right side isn't nailed down. You need to come to practice on Tuesday and Wednesday if you want to play on Saturday. Very no-nonsense there, but the depth this offensive line has, maybe you can say, well, it's concerned that they don't have it locked down. This is competition. Game in and game out. Practice in and practice out from Coach Campbell and company. Absolutely. Iowa State has seven players that have have all started more than five games. So, I mean, there are seven guys who, have, who are legitimate Big 12 players who have all played in big games and have all done really, really well. I think the first part of that, Matt Campbell saying that the left side isn't nailed down, I'd be surprised if it isn't nailed down because Sean Foster is the incumbent returner and his backup is a freshman. So I think Sean Foster is pretty safe there for now. And then Trevor Downing is widely regarded as Iowa State's best offensive lineman at left guard. So I think he's going to be safe in that left guard spot. But um, that right side is completely open. I mean, if you look, if you just look at Iowa State's depth chart, right guard is Derek Schweiger or Daryl Simmons, and then right tackle is Jake Ramsbrook or Derek Schweiger. Mm-hmm. So um, that's an interesting dynamic. Is Schweiger going to be inside on that guard spot? He's going to be outside of that tackle spot. And then which one of those redshirt sophomores, um, Simmons or Ramsburg, is going to get the nod? Because they both played last year on that right side of the line. They both played really, really well when Jake or when. Derek Schweiger moved over to that left guard spot when Trevor Downing got hurt. So Remsburg and Simmons, although they're sophomores, are veterans because they played in a lot of games last year as um, freshmen. So that's going to be a really interesting dynamic to see who goes out there. And as um, uh, Iowa State offensive line coach Jeff Myers said, he's not a guy, and most offensive line coaches aren't like this, he's not a guy that is going to want to substitute and switch offensive linemen in and out. You want to get your crew out there and let them build that chemistry because, I mean, that's as important as on an offensive line as anything. So mm. really interested to see how that one plays out for sure. Ben, last thing for you. Ben Visser, Cedar Rapids Gazette, covers Iowa State. What what do you think um, – what, what position group um, – not keeps Campbell up at night. Well, what's his biggest concern position group-wise, do you think? Like you said, I don't think it keeps him up at night necessarily, but I think if we're disregarding special teams, if special teams is out the window, if we're going with our offense-defense position groups, mm-hmm. I would have to say the cornerback room. Anthony Johnson is obviously an all-Big 12 caliber player, really good cornerback. It's that other spot on the opposite side of him that has given Iowa State troubles through the years. Um, right now, Daytron Young is listed as the starter. This was his first offseason healthy. Every other offseason he's had surgeries. So is him being healthy going to be enough for him to be a consistently good football player? That's going to be interesting to see. They got Tavon Kyle behind him, who, like Daytron Young, has gotten playing time, but has been, through the years, very inconsistent. Yes, he has. There are games where he plays well, and then there's games where he lets a guy get um, two 70-yard catches on him and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So it's 
it's interesting that cornerback room, um, if those guys, if Datron Young and Tavon Kyle can step up and um, help out Anthony Johnson on the other side of the field, I think that's going to be huge for Iowa State. So that, I, I think that'd be my pick. Ben Visser, Cedar Rapids Gazette, covers Iowa State. Ben, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. Now, Thank you much. Yeah, good to talk to you. Ben Visser on Iowa State. Off to Vegas we will go next. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Cappy and John Bowen Camp on the Hawks. And now we're number two, Miller and Condon till noon, 1461. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNL and 106.3 FM. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Off to Vegas we go, shall we? When do I go to Vegas? Three weeks from, not tomorrow, three weeks from Friday. Yeah, right around the corner. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of Cyclone fans, and it's the iHeart Music Awards. Oh, well, Vegas will be ready, will they not? Kenny White's ready for us right now as we head to Vegas. KennyWhiteSports.com. How are you, sir? Hey Ken, I can't wait to get out here. We'll we'll definitely have to get together and uh, uh, maybe uh, shoot a couple videos together outside that new stadium. I'm all for it. In fact, uh, I was talking to Chris Williams, who does our afternoon show. I think I'm sitting in with him when I'm out there, and he said to me, "Didn't Kenny White stop by?" I said, "Yeah, I think there's a pretty good chance he will." So, anyways, we'll uh, we will be in touch. We're going to try and do our show at either Circa or South Point, so we'll be in touch. Hey, by the way, oh, uh, that's con- great. Uh, congrats on the uh, Fresno State pick. You uh, gave that out uh, to our audience last week. That was, I mean, you didn't even have to sweat with yeah. that one, Kenny. That was that hay was in the barn early. Oh, I don't know. I was sweating a little bit. Were you zero zero early, early. The end of the first quarter and. Yeah. Fresno had not moved the ball once on offense. I was just shocked. And then all of a sudden we get a uh, a strip, a pick, uh, pick it up, carry it in, fumble, touchdown, and that, and then that was it. Uh, Connecticut just lost all their gas when that after that happened. And Fresno finally started to put some drives together. I was impressed with Fresno. And you got to learn something each game. They play fast. Fresno plays very fast. They're going to be an up-tempo team this year. Well, let's get to your games. We've got about eight minutes, so let's get to them. Clemson, Georgia, right off the bat. My God, uh, the marquee game of the weekend, uh, nationally anyways. Big spot. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it is. You know, Georgia's getting a lot of respect. This number has held three, and I, I don't see it that way. I, I made Clemson a lot higher. Uh, Dabo Sweeney's defense is just ridiculously good this year. Second best D line, first best linebacking crew, second best secondary. And, you know, he's been great in the first half of games. Dabo has 43 and 25 ATS the last five years. So something to look at. Georgia has five starters, or not five starters, but five players from their two deep out. The two most important guys, George Pickens, uh, ACL injury in the spring. He's worth a point. And corner Tyreek Smith, who came in from West Virginia, he's also out. And I think the Georgia, if they have a weakness, it's going to be the offensive line. They will start two redshirt freshmen with no experience, and they have five redshirt freshmen, and they're too deep on that offensive line. So very inexperienced line going up against a great Clemson defense. I think it's going to be a, you know, a little bit of a struggle for Georgia. Friday. Afternoon for you, 3 o'clock Pacific, mm. 5 o'clock Central. It's ACC football. Carolina making their way to take on Vodtech. Be a little bit different with Back and Black coming out there and ACDC rumbling through in the afternoon. But uh, takeaway here, it almost feels too easy. Everybody, a lot of people love Carolina coming into the season. Fuente and company of Virginia Tech, five and a half the number. 
Yeah, I am so nervous about this one because I have North Carolina ranked the fourth best team in the country, and a lot of and all of it, not a lot of it, all of it has to do with Sam Howell. I gave him a rating of thirteen points above average, so he has to live up to that. That's that's going to be tough to do. I think he can do it. He did it last year. That's all he's got to do is complete sixty eight percent of his passes, ten yards a pass, uh, thirty touchdowns to just seven interceptions, and and he can do it. So the pressure is on. If Sam Howell can withstand the pressure of being a Heisman candidate and maybe the first pick in the NFL draft, North Carolina is going to have a great year. Uh, Virginia Tech still, Justin Fuentes just hasn't done anything there yet. Uh, I, he's got to be on the hot seat. Uh, he has not done well uh, at home, 16 and 15 ATS. But he's got a pretty good team back, a lot of experience. Uh, the defense is rated pretty high. And they're going to have an orange out at Lane Stadium. It'll be all orange, but there could be some North Carolina blue in there because they are only 171 miles away. I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, Hennon Hooker, their starting quarterback from last year, decided to transfer to Tennessee. That leaves Braxton Burmeister the starter. He was originally an Oregon guy, but nowhere near as good as Hooker was. So, uh, again, North Carolina, Virginia Tech's going to be playing with a lot of energy and fired up. North Carolina just needs to get through that game early without falling behind, and I think they can pull this one out. Alabama and Miami, pretty big game on Saturday night. Uh, Alabama, a new quarterback. Some will say that this is Saban's year to have a, a bit of a comeback, if you will. Miami is uh, come down. Miami with an injured quarterback making his way back. It's a big number, open to 17.5 all the way to 19.5 now, Kenny White. Yeah, they read the quarterbacks are the big question marks because you're Derek King for Miami, ACL injury in the bowl game, had surgery on January 2nd or 3rd in that early in January, and he said, I will be back for the Alabama game. And it, he has made it back in unbelievable uh, Superman uh, time. Uh, it usually takes 9 to 12 months to recover from that injury, and uh He's done it. He's done it amazingly quick. So that'll be a question mark. We'll keep our eyes on on King in that game and how he moves around. Obviously, Alabama just reloads with talent. Their defense is they're going to be their strength. I think third best uh, D line, second best linebackers, and best defensive backs. But the offense, you know, I guess you can't count them out. Um, I have them scoring forty some points in this game. And Bryce Young is a five star kid. Uh, the offensive line is loaded with with five-star offensive linemen, and uh, uh, they've got two tackles that are breaking in with no experience, but both guys are 6'7", 330, and both of them run a 5'2", 5 5 or 5'3", 40. That's ridiculously time for that that big of a man. So this team is loaded with talent again, a little experience on offense. A game that I'm struggling to get a read on is LSU making their way out to UCLA. Now, normally, without a hurricane, I mean, there would be tens of thousands of LSU fans. We'll see how many people are limited getting out there. Durante Jones takes over as defensive coordinator for Bo Pelini at LSU. That's a huge upgrade. Anybody be an upgrade from what Pelini tried to do a season ago. We saw UCLA dominate Hawaii with Charbonneau running the ball incredibly well. Didn't see a ton out of Dorian Thompson-Robinson, though, throwing the football. Help me out here, LSU-UCLA. Yeah, no, great uh, setup. You're right. Thompson Robinson was underwhelming, 10 for 20 for 130 yards against a bad Hawaii defense. Uh, uh, Zach Charbonneau only had to carry it six times. I think you're going to see him lug it uh, 20 to 25 times against LSU. Now, you could bring up great questions. Will LSU's fans travel after the hurricane? Not sure if they will or not. I, when I turned the game on UCLA-Hawaii, I was absolutely shocked. Yes. 
that it looked like there was nobody in the stands, like it was a practice game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I thought, well, maybe it's California, and they're limiting how many people can go in. That wasn't the case. People just don't want to go, and they've been unhappy with the Bruins. They're they're not going because of COVID-19 and the Bruins' success the last couple years, or lack of. So I'm hoping that it's LSU, and a big win will get more fans in the stands. I think UCLA has the talent this year to compete with LSU, not just compete, win the game, but they're going to need that that fan support to help this game out. Miles Brennan is out of quarterback. Max Johnson, sophomore lefty, will start. And he had a lot of time last year. He he, he played well for a freshman, but I have, still have a two-and-a-half-point drop-off from Brennan to Johnson. I think Brennan's the better quarterback. The O-line is the strength of LSU this year, so I think you're going to see a lot of running by both teams in this football game. Uh, let's finish things up uh, with uh, how we'll finish up the weekend. Louisville, Old Miss, Kiffin's got a quarterback. He's got a couple of them. I can't believe Plumlee's still there, didn't transfer. I thought he was going to be the guy, but Carell is the guy, and he's a hell of a player. Uh, Old Miss, about 10, 10.5-point favorite. I know nothing about Louisville. Help me out. Yeah, dual threat and Carell, so I won't go there, but uh, this is a team I've got ranked very high, and they play fast. Kiffin's going to want to play ultra-fast in this game. And on the other side, Louisville wants to play slow. Scott Satterfield came from Appalachian State. Uh, He's been there two years. 129 plays a game last year was like 17th lowest in college football. Uh, They love to run the ball. He loves the power run game. He does return 10 players on offense with starting experience, including his quarterback, Malik Cunningham, who I had rated a lot higher last year but had a little bit of a down year. Expect him to bounce back. But he did lose his top two wide receivers both drafted in the NFL. It's always tough when you lose those type of guys. But, again, this is going to be a game that Louisville wants to play slow, and Mississippi's going to want to speed this game up. So we'll see who wins that battle of tempo in the in this game. Um, going to be a fun one to watch, though. The total open 70 is down to 66.5, and, and that's right where I made it, right at 66.5. We shall see. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Trent's got the magazine in hand. He said, my God, there's a lot in here. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what have you got going on at Kenny White Sports? Yeah, we're still, you know, the season's, uh, this is the big week. Get the magazine now, and we'll still use our our coupon code for you guys. Miller and Condon, 25. You get 25% off at KennyWhiteSports.com. And it's uh, so exciting. Week one was great. All the predictions from the magazine came true. Uh, the magazine loved UCLA. It loved Fresno. It loved San Jose. It loved Illinois, an underdog that won straight up. So um, I'm hoping that role continues into week one and all the way through the season. Good stuff. And we will talk to season, including next week, when Cyhawk is upon us here in the state of Iowa. Kenny White, have a great time. Have a great week, Kenny White. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Good to talk to you. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Hour number two. Cappy kicks it off. John Bowenkamp on the Hawks. So we take you until noon on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.